International calls for restraint are growing this morning after Israel has continued to promise to continue its war against Hamas for, quote, many more months. Recently surfaced video appears to show Palestinian men and at least two children stripped down to their underwear and detained by the IDF in Gaza. CNN is unable to verify when the video was shot, but geolocation data shows it was filmed in a stadium of Gaza City. The IDF has not responded to CNN's request for comment on that video. The incident, though, resembles an account shared by a Palestinian poet and writer, Musabu Abu Toa, in a new piece published in The New Yorker. Abu Toa claims he was forced to completely undress at gunpoint before being detained and interrogated by the IDF earlier this month. He was trying to cross the Rafah border with his wife and three kids, including his three-year-old son, Mustafa, who's a U.S. citizen. Abu Toa said he was terrorized and beaten while being questioned about whether he had ties to Hamas. The well-known poet and writer has studied at Syracuse and Harvard and denies repeatedly any ties to Hamas or terrorism. The IDF gave a statement to CNN noting that it's a partial response and that they are still looking into the allegations, saying in part, during IDF operations in the Gaza Strip, a number of individuals were detained on the basis of intelligence indicating significant communications between them and terror organizations in the Strip out of suspicion of affiliation with terror organizations there. Saab Abu Toa was found to be mistakenly identified in this regard and was thus released after questioning. The individuals detained are treated in accordance with international law. Musab Abutoa joins us now, live from Cairo, Egypt. We appreciate your time, and I want to start with what the IDF says in their statement, because what they don't discuss in the statement is what transpired between when you were detained and when they realized or came to the conclusion it was a mistake and you were released. You describe it in visceral detail in your piece. Can you tell people what happened? Well, I was uh, evacuating the north of Gaza, which has, which Israel has been repeatedly asking people to evacuate. And I was going to the north, to the southern part of the Gaza Strip in the hope of reaching the Rafah border crossing with my wife and three kids. But when I arrived at the checkpoint that Israel uh, created on the Salah al-Din Street, which was called a safe passage for Palestinians trying to evacuate uh, to the southern part, I was called by description by an Israeli soldier who was about uh, 150 meters away from the line. He was, he was asking me to, to drop my son and drop my, my, my backpacks uh, and join the line of the other people who were, called, who were called before. I was later called by name, and then I was taken to another area with two uh, Israeli soldiers pointing their guns at me, and they were asking me to undress. I took off all my clothes, my sweater and pants, and then I only had my boxer shorts on. And then the, the two soldiers were looking at each other and, and chatting in Hebrew, and then he said, continue take off the boxer shorts. And then I looked at the other person next to me, the Palestinian person next to me. He was also uh, detained with me. And we were surprised that they are asking us to, to strip of all our clothes. So we had nothing to do but to take off our boxer shorts. And then when I was naked for the first time in my life uh, in front of strangers, I was asked to turn around. So I... I did what they asked for, and then I was handcuffed and I was uh, blindfolded, and then I was taken to uh, an, a very close area and I was interrogated. I introduced myself in English and I asked them to uh, uh, to listen to what I'm saying. I was just returning to the to, to Gaza uh, f ten days before October seventh, and I told them about everything about me. And then see, he said, "You are a Hamas activist, and we stopped your wife and the three children." So he was threatening me with my family. They stopped my wife and three children at the next checkpoint. 
I told him, do you have any evidence, any proof that I am a Hamas activist or a, a photograph, a video, a satellite image showing anything? And then he slapped me across the face. He said, you give me a proof. And I was wondering, I mean, how could I, how could I give you a proof that I am not Hamas? And then I was taken, I was beaten, I was uh, uh, bad, vi violently treated, along with other young people like me. And there was one, someone next to me, he was crying and said, please, I want to go back to my pregnant wife and my little daughter. Uh, so that, that was part of the, uh, the, my, my day during the first, uh, the, the first day. And then I, was, I found myself in an Israeli detention uh, center. Uh, later, I knew it was Be'er Sheva or Be'er Saba. Um, and later, I was interrogated uh, by an Israeli captain. I told him about myself, everything. And uh, it was not a tough day for me, but for other people, it was tough. And then he said, OK, we, will go, we, we are going to verify the information you gave us. And then two hours later, the, an Israeli soldier said, we are sorry about the mistake. You are going home. And then I said, are you serious about that? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be with my family and kids. And he said, I'm serious. And then I later thought to myself, I mean, how many mistakes have the Israeli army committed against other Palestinians? And I thought that my, my quick release was, I think, was a result of the pressure that was put by major uh, news uh, outlets. Uh, the New Yorker, other medias. But I'm thinking about there are many hundreds other people like me who are innocent, who have been living in Gaza, who have been uh, unable to leave Gaza to study or to visit their relatives, etc., who have been born, you know, in Gaza for, for during a hellish situation. Right. And these people do not have friends like I had. So, so this has to end. This is what I think. To right that now. point, you, you, you published a public letter to President Biden on Christmas, writing, quote, I'm not asking you in this letter to impose a two-state solution, nor am I asking for the bringing back the lives of the children and their families. I'm asking you as a power to impose a ceasefire for peace and for children and for humanity. When you look at the responses of world leaders up to this point, what do you think has been missing? Well, I'm, I mean, what is missing is that they are not listening to what the people in the world are asking for. Many people went out in the streets and they asked for a ceasefire, not because they want Hamas, but because they want to save the, the lives of the children in Gaza. I think this war is not against Israel and Hamas. It's, 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 an, it's a war between Israel and the people in Gaza. If you look at the numbers, there are about 21,000 people who have been killed, half of them children. And there is one thing that is missing in this discourse. Half of the population in Gaza, there are about more than 2 million people. Half of them are children. So after each airstrike, after each artillery shelling, half of the people who are killed are children, not to mention the mothers, etc. So they need to stop this war to protect the children. And then to, to, to find a just solution to the Palestinian case. It's not only about October 7th. I was wounded when I was 16 in 2009. And no one ever talked about that. And there are, I, I lost a lot of friends in my childhood. Right. But no one talks about this. I mean, it didn't start two months ago or three months ago. It, it's been going for a long time. And we need to find a just solution to the Palestinian case. Can, there's, a, there, there's a line in your story that, that really stood out to me. You wrote uh, that as the details began to emerge on October 7th, quote, some Gazans seemed excited and happy about the, the attack, but many of us were perplexed and scared. Although Gaza has been devastated uh, by, in your words, Israeli occupation, I could not justify the atrocities committed against Israeli civilians. There's no reason to kill anyone like that. When you look to the future, you've been talking about it, what is your sense of what Gazans 
want in the future? Do people want Hamas to be involved in <clears throat> governance going forward? What is the future? Well, the future, I mean, the problem, I think, with Gaza is not about only Hamas. I mean, it's, there, are, there are lots of issues. There is the, the Palestinian uh, uh, local uh, rift between Hamas and Fatah itself. And Israel is benefiting from this uh, political rift. I mean, what people in Gaza really want, they want to have uh, peace. They want to have their own uh, airport, their own seaport. They need to travel when they want. Uh, wherever they want. They need to be respected outside of Gaza. So we are not respected inside Gaza because we are being killed every time from the sea, from the, from the sky, from the land. But we are not even respected outside of Gaza. When you are trying to go to an embassy, I, for example, I tried to go to the American embassy in Jerusalem multiple times and the Israelis denied my permit. And they, want, they don't want us to live in Gaza and they don't want us to leave Gaza to study or to, to learn about other people outside. So people, I mean, people in Gaza are asking for jobs. They are asking for a decent life. They are asking to have their own border crossing to control the border crossings in Gaza. They need to, to I mean, this, is, this has been one of my dreams as a child. I, I still have dreams of seeing Gaza from a, a plain window. And, see, and I, ha I still have dreams of seeing Gaza from a distant ship. I need to see all these things. But you are, I mean, Israel continues to kill us, not during this war, but even before that. So why people were concerned? Because Israel has killed thousands of Palestinians without Hamas invading Palestinian neighboring towns and cities. But now with the scenes that we have seen on October 7th, I thought that Israel would have an excuse, an excuse to kill more and more people and mostly children. So children and civilians have been the victims for a long time. Yeah, and obviously the IDF says that they're responding in the October 7th attack and Hamas is intermingled with the civilian population, but the scale of the death toll is certainly uh, something that is not in dispute. The IDF also saying they made a mistake uh, when they detained you. It is a very important personal story in The New Yorker. Masab Abutoa, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.